and welcome to episode 97 of the Pack Heavy Podcast. My name is Hayden Thompson and today I have guest Naya Shanalia who is from Switch Grocery. Uh, she is the CEO and founder of the business actually and she's on for the second time. Um, if you go back to episode 28, I definitely recommend that you do as Naya goes into quite a lot of detail on the startup story uh, as usual and you know, every, all of you have sort of become accustomed to the startup stories here on the show but yeah, Naya goes into sort of where the business came from and, and how it came about. But today's episode, um, we particularly go into sort of the current business climate and the looming recession that we've all sort of found ourselves in, and uh, how as e-com retailers and CPG food processing brands, um, how you can all potentially, um, you know, keep working in the right direction and minimize any impacts that they may have. So, um, yeah, I guess um, a couple of things. Naya is an absolute powerhouse. She's a CPA as well as running her own business. Um, And you know what? I really respect her opinion. So when I had the idea of getting Naya on the show, I picked up the phone and we had a bit of a conversation Um, because it's really evident that when I'm out in the field at Food Pack, and I did say this during the episode as well, that, you know, there are so many of you who are struggling from day to day and I know it sounds terrible because you've all come through the other side of COVID and uh, and that's been tough but you know right now I think you know whether it's sort of the legacy of COVID sort of continuing or whether we're sort of finding ourselves in a position out there where you know obviously the cost of labor is increasing the cost of goods is increasing packaging everything's going up you name it and um and you know the cost of acquiring new customers and you know with the decline in sales it's it's really difficult out there for you all um however i didn't want to sort of um focus on you know what's looming over our heads i did want to offer you all a bit of a um you know a leg up and something positive to focus on so yeah had a chat with Naya. And because I do respect her as a businesswoman and all of the insights that she has on LinkedIn, I thought, okay, let's let's see what we can do here and, you know, um, provide um, you all with something that's valuable. So, yeah, I hope you all enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Um, Naya, it was a quick fire 25-minute episode, really, so it'll be over before you know it. But hopefully if there's something you can take away from it, I guess that's the goal at the end of the day. Um if there is anything that you would like to add to the conversation, um, the best way to do that is to head to LinkedIn where you'll find the post that I do put up for this show. Um, you can find it under the Pack Heavy podcast or I'll also be putting something up under my own um, account, which is Hayden Thompson. That's Thompson without a P, T-H-O-M-S-O-N. Um, you could also find me an email at Hayden at the Pack Heavy podcast.com and I would love to get in touch with you and uh, yeah, continue the conversation there. Cheers. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's a pleasure. It's great to have you back. Uh, You were on the podcast very early on, um, and I will refer everybody back to the original conversation that you and I had in the show notes. And I encourage everybody out there to go back and have a listen because, you know, we got a lot of really great insight into, you know, the developments and, you know, the spark that created Switch Grocery and, you know, and those initial sort of um, trials and tribulations, which was a great story. So thank you very much for sharing that. You're welcome. The good old times. The good old times. And uh, you know what? I keep up to date with you on LinkedIn. And you know what? There's constantly um, something online that I'm reading about you and because uh, you participate in a lot of arenas. And uh, yeah, I love watching you grow and I love well, the business grow in particular. And, you know, there's so much going on. And, um, you know, the the reason that I reached out to you to have you on for a second time is because I feel as if you've always got a finger on the pulse and you've got a lot of great insights. So, yeah, let's have it. I'd love to, um, you know, pick your brain tonight, essentially, is where we're at. I'm so excited. Good. 
But before we get started, um, just give us a brief little rundown of, you know, what the last 12 months has really been like for you at Switch. Um, we've found ourselves in a, a really funny position in the world where, you know, there is potentially a looming recession, uh, you know, costs of doing business is consistently increasing for everybody, um, especially in this food-based CPG world that, you know, I'm particularly focused on selling into all of the clients that I'm speaking to, are, you know, being squeezed from every angle. And, you know, you're obviously a retailer working with a lot of these brands and businesses. And I know that your business as well is also being squeezed. So yeah, what's the sort of the the pulse of where you're at? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll give you three things on where where what we are seeing, what we're feeling, what I'm feeling also from all of our suppliers and all even of our customers. Um, so to back it up, Switch Grocery, we're an online retail store, and we have uh, we have specialty products, so keto friendly, paleo friendly, low carb, vegan, gluten free. Um, I would call these premium, more premium CPG food brands that we carry, um, and we ship across Canada, and. Um, the three things that I, I think we've gone through as a company and or our suppliers, I don't want, I don't speak for them, mm. but what I'm seeing, uh, even just my friends go through is one going back to last August and September, the change in the iOS update, which was very significant because it was though the iOS update, it was really cheap to acquire customers mm -hmm. at that time. You could run a bunch of ads and get customers. Yeah. You can't do that anymore because of the privacy changes. So that was the first, I, I would say, Hayden, the barrier that we ran into as a company because our ads really work because we're such a specialty diet focused company. We can specifically target areas, you know, people and then mm. people who need us can find us more easily, um, which is a business owner's dream, right? Yeah. So that yep. was the first one. The second, which I don't think people are talking about enough is but i know for sure all cpg food brands are would be facing right now and we are is the transition from photo to video mm -hmm. so it's a lot easier to run a marketing department that's focused on photos you do one photo shoot you know four foot a quarter and you can just get everything out yeah, you know how your content ready to roll yeah exactly yeah you can yep. do canva yep. you can do it's adobe express whatever and um, you can schedule posts and things like that. The transition to um, reels on Instagram, the transition to TikTok, the transition to video. Um, and it's not just that people may not be as comfortable on video, because I think people are comfortable on video. It just takes time. Mm -hmm. And you have a family, you have young kids. Mm -hmm. You know, for me to do a video, I need kids out of the house. <laughs> yeah. I need yeah, my yeah. dog out of the house. It's and I know people say, you know, you could do it if it's messy, but it's it's hard to do that and actually focus and give value to your customer. Yeah. So you either need to spend more time, you either need to spend your time as a founder um, or head of marketing creating content, or you need to be able to pay someone. So your marketing team just got more expensive, mm -hmm. right? To reach people. Because yep. people are saying, okay, you know, you can reach you can't reach people through ads as well anymore. If you go organic, you have to be doing video. I mean, it's you have to do it. There's mm -hmm. no way around it. Yeah. Um, yep. And I think the third one I would say is I was at an e-tail e-commerce conference just two last two weeks ago, um, e-tail Canada, um, and they the, literally it was a group of retailers and food brands having dinner together. This guy walks in runs an e-commerce company and you know what he says his first word 
Of course, you're like, I don't know, Nan, tell me. No um, idea. Yes. <laughs> Place it down. So he goes, yeah. um, so Hayden, he goes, I missed the days people were sick because my revenue was 30% higher. And so e-commerce companies are seeing declines of 30% in revenue mm. because A, people are ready to go back into the store and shop. Yeah, back to And we had a great order. run, right? E-commerce yeah. had a great run. We mm-hmm. had a great run. I don't think e-commerce companies are back down to pre-pandemic but they're definitely seeing, um, and it was very reassuring for him to hear that, for me to hear that as an e-commerce company to say, okay, people are heading back to store or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So these are all three things, inc- excluding the recession. Mm. <laughs> I'll pause. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, from a retailer's perspective or an online retail perspective, which is not a part of my world at all, it's really cool to hear those insights. I mean, you know, uh, it's a really common conversation on this podcast that yes, um, you know, photo is on the decline and video is on the increase. You know, whether you're talking to Erica from Brodo, who, you know, bred the bread and butter of building her business on TikTok. Like, I think she was a part of the conversation that you and I had back when you were on the show the first time. And, um, you know, the amount of um, traction that you can get with TikTok or something like that is incredible. And, um, but like you just suggested, even though people are saying, no, you can do it really raw, you can do it quick. You don't have to put a lot of production effort into it. Yes, there is a certain element of time involved. And there is also a certain, um, you know, amount of time that you have to invest in terms of like understanding what it is exactly that you're going to do, map out, you know, your calendar of um, output or, you know, creating the content and so on. You know, I could use this podcast as a great example. Like, um, you know, I think like everybody out there, you know, we're either running a full-time job, we've got kids, we've got everything in our life and it's busy and you're trying to run something off the side of your desk. And that's something off the side of my desk is my podcast. And, uh, you know, I put out an episode a week and I'm uploading to Instagram and LinkedIn and there's always more, like you can always do more. And I haven't um, actually explored, um, you know, the video um, content side of this. And in the new year, what I'm actually thinking of doing, instead of doing four episodes a week, I think I might just scale it back to two episodes a month, uh, sorry, four episodes a month to two episodes a month, and uh, start uploading video and put out more content per episode over the course of a two week period, rather than, you know, consistently trickle out new content. So I think um, that will be my approach, because I do see the value. And I think that I'm underserved you know um everybody by not putting um the video out there but like you just suggested is it's gonna take quite a bit of time for me to wrap my head around it and if anybody's listening and they think they could potentially offer some assistance please let me know you can contact me at hayden at the back of your <laughs> um and then you know but so that's your from you know trying to relate to sort of the world that you're coming from as a retailer and I guess I'm out in the field working for food pack and I'm speaking to all the business owners and operators that primarily could potentially, and are listening to this podcast, you know, they're small um, startup businesses, owners and operators of CPG brands, you know, they're food manufacturers and um, you know, the constant conversation that I'm having with these people is that the cost of business is constantly increasing, whether it's labor, whether it's the cost of goods, you know, their ingredients, their packaging, um, you know, rent is just insane at the moment. And it's very hard to find anywhere new if you want to go and sign a new lease somewhere. Um, and the quality of employees as well is also really concerning for a lot of people. 
you know? So yeah, it is tough to hear, but it's, it's a reality, you know, they're like, Hey, listen, like, yeah, I get a bunch of resumes in, but the quality is really, really poor. And then, you know, it's a revolving door. People just don't stick around. There's sort of an element of a lack of loyalty, even when you're paying really well. And so, you know, it's heartbreaking to hear these conversations because a lot of people they're receiving POs, their product is great. You know, people love what they're selling, but it's really hard to put the product into a bag and get it back out into the world and fulfill those POs for retailers like yourself. It's a, it's a very hard task. And there's a lot of people, a lot of owners who rather than working on their business, they're back working in their business. You know, they're back on the production floor and taking on a very hands appro- hands-on approach. And um, this is so common. Like we have this conversation in the office all the time. Like when we're back from a day out in the field, I'm like, how's your day? And he's like, dude, there are a lot of businesses that I'm wondering if they're going to be here in 12 months. And I'm like, I'm right there with you. And so, you know, yeah, we can talk about all of these things and dwell on them, but like, what can we do? And I had um, James Donaldson, the CEO at BC Food and Beverage, and he was on the show and we were having this conversation back then. And I don't think that anything's changed. And I think that a lot of people just don't know what to do. So I wanted to try and offer some value in this conversation as well to a lot of these people. Like obviously working with an online retailer like you and getting listed with an online retailer is a really exciting prospect, but you know, their margins are very, very thin already, you know, and everybody's getting a snip along the way. And I don't know, I don't know sort of like where to take this conversation because I want, I want to offer some light at the end of the tunnel for everybody and offer some hope and offer everybody a bit of a leg up. So I mean, what are you hearing and seeing from other companies that you're working with? Like, how are they getting through it? So there are two things that I'm seeing. One is exactly what you said that you want to do with the podcast, which was you're going to do more, but do less. Yeah. So I think the first thing is um, we have to earn a living. Everybody has to earn a living. And I'm coming at this from the philosophy because number one, I think we all as Food, people who work in the food industry need to recognize there's nothing wrong with wanting to earn a living. There's nothing wrong with taking the steps we need to do in, in our businesses to earn a living. Um, I have had a conversation with a supplier who wanted to cut their price to meet customers where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I would absolutely not recommend that. Mm. I would not recommend anybody cut prices right now. It's not that like the food industry is a 100%, 70% margin business anyway. Yeah. So if you're cutting prices and you're hoping that you'll see an increase in volume, I've had two suppliers do that and see no change. So that's the one thing where I'm like, okay, prices either increase and or stay the same, number one. Um, number two, I can tell you what we are doing. Yeah. We are going hard on assessing our gross margin and our profitability. Mm. So, you know, we've done a raise in the past with ClearCo. Um, we have a loan with BDC. We've been very lucky with to get financing. The company is still 100% owned by me and my co-founder, Brian. Um, and so we want to, right now, make the choice to face the t- next 12 months, which I think are going to be very challenging. and. So we have gone very hard on our P&L and said, what are the brands that can give us margin? What are our top five brands? Let's have individual conversations with each of them. Um, like I can tell you, I've had very honest conversations with some of the brands that I work with. Hey, we need more money. Hmm. 
and we can do more marketing for you because it's a little bit more effort from our part. What can we do together to, you know, get your velocity up in our store, but also make more in the process? Um, and that could be anything. So, for example, um, maybe a brand might cost share with us for our weekly tasting show, which we can talk mm -hmm. about um, in the next question. Um, or they may say, you know what, we can increase your volume from 35%, your margin from 35 to 45. But I'm even going to put a number out there. As an online store for us, where we have a heavy marketing team, blogging, SEO, um, you know, we're very heavy, weekly shows out there. Um, we are looking at 40 to 50% margin from our food brands. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of am maybe encouraging our food brands to have the same conversations with their suppliers. Yeah. Their suppliers, um, you know, there's eShipper. One of our suppliers was like, how do you get the cheap shipping? And I, I'm going to do an intro for him. Everywhere that we can have these, you know, conversations about margin, um, that's where we're spending our time. And then the second thing is being smaller and more focused. So Hayden, we may not be this, we will not do the same revenue as we did last year. Yeah. And being okay with that, accepting that and saying, you know what, like it's important to take a step back. It's, it, it's humbling, but it's, it's better to take a step back and be a smaller company mm -hmm. than to keep overspending on ads, keep on trying to not make money and sell my product at a price that I can't afford to sell it at. Mm. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and the third piece you talked about, you alluded to parents. I come back to my first point, which I said, earning a living is very important. So I want to mm. be very honest here. Um, you know, I'm an accountant, like I'm a, I have my CPA, CA, and I've worked with other companies for the last five years while I've run Switch. Um, there's no shame in earning a living. We have to do that. So if you can't earn that from your food business, get a job. <laughs> like there's no choice, right? Yeah. Like we, yeah. so that just so that, and I'll tell you for me why that's so relieving, having a source of income um, where first of all, I trained as an accountant for years, but having a source of income and also being able to exercise my brain in a different way mm. and also giving me less time to work on Switch actually results in better decisions for the company yeah yeah, yeah. and and focus time when you're working on switch as well like if you know that cool. you've only got like a couple of hours a day that and that's dedicated time you're going to really be focused to try and get the best output for you know or bang for your buck in that respect yeah totally totally i mean you're doing this from your closet between yep. dinner time yeah I and mean, i'm doing this after putting my kid down my husband's sick so yep. that's just the reality of life <laughs> yeah oh, there are so many people in this boat it's insane it's funny yeah yeah that's cool. Hey, I, hope I guess that helps. no, it does absolutely. And you know what? Also, getting the right eyeballs on your business as well. Um, I know that it wasn't that long ago that Kenny and Phil from This Commerce Life they um, put out the option for people to utilize their skill as a fractional CEO service. And I thought that was awesome because those two have got such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this space that we're talking about. I've been on their podcast a couple of times now, and uh, and Kenny's been on mine. And uh, I respect those guys so much. And, uh, you know, um, I, did you engage in their services? Yes. Yes. So I did. They offered the, the services. They yeah. literally told me and Brian, they were like, why are you hiring us? You guys are CPAs. Yeah. And I literally said, because I'm biased. Yeah. I think that I'm just so biased when I look at which grocery and our P&L. Yeah. Like I can be like, oh, look, guys, I'm cutting my grocery. But having them as part of, and they don't really require, they're not the kind of people who make you sign like three-year contracts and stuff mm. like that. Mm -hmm. They just want to help you yeah. and they ask for a very fair price and 
they were the ones who saw our business and said, you guys need to increase your margin tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Like that, this needs to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And I just, I needed to hear that message from mm. somebody else who's had years in the business, who's mm-hmm. had whatever, highly recommend them. And yeah, it was the best decision we made. Have a coach, have somebody in your corner that's rooting for you. And yeah, has got eyes, you know, looking at things from a different perspective. Yeah. When I saw, I was pretty sure that you'd engage in that service. And I was really excited when, you know, I heard that they were doing that and that you had spoken to them because I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Because I knew you're a CPA and I'm like, but that's a genius move because, you know, like being biased is real, you know, we've all got our strengths and sometimes we probably rely a little bit heavily on them. And, um, yeah, it's a common theme on this podcast as well, to have a mentor, to have a coach and to consistently have somebody that's, you know, rooting for you and that has got your best interests at mind for your business as well, especially through these trying times. Um, uh, you put a post out on LinkedIn today that I shared as well. So thank you very much for that. Just for the fact that you and I were going to be chatting this evening. And um, I'm just going to go back to it because I've been clicking through. I looked up James before and then Kenny. Uh, Okay. So your post today was great. So what we're really looking for as well is some insights from people on LinkedIn. And we had Jared Klingerman. Jared's from um, Wonder Nut uh, Butters. And he was on the podcast a while ago too. He was awesome. And and he suggested that point number three and point number four. So what changes do we need to make to survive and thrive in the next 12 months? And when should we make them? And also what has worked for Switch Grocery, which I feel as if you've sort of already started to answer. But where do you think that people really need to make some changes to survive and thrive in the next 12 months? Like you just said, okay, watch your P&L, watch your margins, you know, make sure that the time that you're spending on your business is focused. And, you know, obviously the switch to video is very important, but time consuming. So if you're going to do it, do it well. Um, what else do you recommend? I think you have to pick your channels. Mm-hmm. So you might, if you can't do e-commerce right now, pick, go hard on two retailers. Yeah. And go visit them, go do your demos, go do giveaways with them on Instagram or TikTok. Like, um, I think picking the two, just like we're going to be focusing, we're going to be having, um, you know, and I can, this is, this just feels, I don't like to say this, but if a brand is only giving us 15% margin, we can't carry them anymore. Yeah. And that's a really difficult decision, but the company has to survive. Yeah. And we have employees and vendors and you know how it is. And yeah, you've got to pay people too. Yeah. We've got to pay people. So I think that's um, that's where we are. So we're going to have to make choices and not feel bad while we make those choices. Mm-hmm. So there could potentially be a looming recession. It is a scary thought. I think that, you know, if we all keep our chin up and we're all sort of like looking in the right direction and, you know, obviously leveraging our networks, I think, you know, constantly keeping our finger on the pulse and making decisions quickly, but obviously making, you know, evaluated, you know, and informed decisions before you actually like, you know, drop the hammer on the decision, I think is really important as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a funny one. How would you like to wrap up this conversation? Cause we have spoken about a lot and I know yeah. that you and I wanted to keep it to half an hour as well, but if there was a, a message that you'd like to leave for everybody out there, what would it be? Um, I think I would, I would like to tell people three things that have worked for switch. Um, I think that's important because yeah, practically absolutely. speaking, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like practically, if I'm listening to this, I'm like, what do I go do to get customers? Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, I've talked about all the things that have not worked <laughs> in terms of uh, time and resources. So I would say I'll, I'll end with the three things that have worked really well for switch mm-hmm. to drive revenue and to help us with profitability. Um, and that are more easy to implement. So the first one is we have, we've started a weekly show and 
everything goes to this weekly show. So for example, it's a tasting cooking show. Um, it's done by an amateur chef like me. I pick a few brands. It might be I make a peanut butter board, latest trending thing on TikTok. One of our recipes, um, I'm going to be inviting uh, Arash, who's one of the co We just launched um, a Kaizen pasta. He's going to be supervising me while I make pasta. Um, this has really helped because it's the one thing I do every week uh -huh. for the company that, like, first of all, puts me right at the face, face to face with my customers. Yeah. So important. Uh -huh. Got to be close to their I customers. I love that you're the face of the business as well. It's great. Oh, thank, thank you yeah. so much. And um, it's. So the way that we execute it, we use Restream. It goes across YouTube, LinkedIn, in Instagram. I have a separate camera, Facebook. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds intimidating. It's not. It's $14.99, like $14.99. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, and we send a text. We send an email. We, you know, to, for people who've bought those brands from us. Um, and I spend a, quite a bit of time after the show writing up a blog post. So weekly, it's now become a routine for us. This mm -hmm. just happens. We make a post or whatever the case is. So I would, I would say one thing would be pick one thing to do every week mm -hmm. in your marketing and just do it. Yeah. Um, that's number one. Number two, Hayden emails. Mm -hmm. If all else fails, emails are the one way that we can get and talk to our customer. Just email your customer. Like literally get on and write an email and say, hey, here's what I'm facing in my business. What do you think? Um, and if you don't want to write that, just sale of the week, product of the week. We do a lot of emails and that helps. Um, the third thing that helped um, that has worked really well for us is our Facebook group. Mm -hmm. So very practical. Anybody who buys from Switch gets an invite into a Facebook group. So the group is 99% customers, which mm -hmm. is very different from social media channels. Mm -hmm. It's only people who bought from us. Captured so audience. people who are invested yeah. in us. Yeah. And I can serve them differently, right? Like I can be like, hey, I know you guys have this stuff in your pantry. I'm making something quickly. Let me just make it in the Facebook group. Um, it's just a very different, I love it. <laughs> Sometimes mm. I won't post anywhere all, all day, but I'll go into my our group and really, it gives me, again, it's the same thing. The thing that gives founders oxygen is customers. So we have to make generate more opportunities for ourselves as founders to get that oxygen from our customers, get that feedback, connect with our customers, and then it just keeps you grounded for the next mm -hmm. 12 months as we mm -hmm. go through this. So those are the three things that have worked really well for us, and I wanted to end with that. No, thank you very much. That's a perfect way to end with it um, or end the conversation. I really appreciate you you know, going to such detail, especially in such a short window for this podcast. So listen, Naya, thank you I very much. I love chatting with you. Yeah, I love chatting with you too. It's such an easy conversation. Um, if anybody wanted to get in touch or follow along, what's the best way to go about it? LinkedIn would be the best, yep. always. Um, I think especially for business, like I monitor, some people try to message me on LinkedIn. That's a faster way to get a response than sending me an email. Yeah. So um, shoot me a LinkedIn message. I'm always um, open to chatting. Um, always, always here. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I'll get this episode out over the next couple of days. So hopefully Thanks, we get Hayden. some good responses. And uh, yeah, I will uh, throw everything up on LinkedIn and Instagram as well. And if anybody would like to add to the conversation or they've got any important uh, pieces that we missed, uh, please chime into the conversation there. Appreciate it. Love talking to you. You too. Take care. Bye.